Hello, welcome to this session of Engage Podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Jamie. And this week we're doing our uh, bittersweet final um, TNG Season 7 review after seven long years of doing this show. Yeah, it's 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 quite, quite amazing because I think this year... Well, it's been, it's been a bit different, particularly for you, so because obviously... You you went away for a week, didn't yes, you? Yes, um, literally three days ago I came back from my holiday, which I didn't tell you about, but I went away to Cornwall yeah. for a week. Mm. So that completely screwed up my... Usually we have... We do it like... Two, like we do it tail end mm. of June, June and then till mid-July. Mm-hmm. And then we do it in the third week of July and then release it at the tail end of the month. But the week that I went away was right slap bang and where I would have been watching it. So I had to watch it over the space of about two weeks with an ep- two episodes a day, which is not really normal, commonplace. You no. Know, you normally and... you do that on kind of two days and then the rest is like one a day. So I really pumped them out this year. So with that, it does mean that I have not looked at my notes. And I, I'm honest here, I have not looked at my notes in 12 days. That was the last day I wrote them, 12 days ago from this, from when we were recording this. And you've, got, and you've got to think on top of that, you also were watching the special features and obviously the, the extended scene. So the fact you've done all that, it's, it's quite amazing. I mean, this year for me, it's not been any different. I mean, I think I watched one day, I watched two episodes because I finished um, the finale, I think, literally a day before we recorded this. So I had a day in between. Um, but it's actually quite nice for me this year because normally I always screw up my um, calculations of, oh, when should I start? Normally I'm always off or I overestimate or underestimate. So I think actually I finally got it right, which is quite lovely. Um you know, I must admit, when I first started watching through Seven, I was feeling a little bit fatigued. Like the first two episodes, I was just like, "It's usual I... season review jitters that we usually get every year." Yeah. It's just a bit like, "Why the hell did we say we were going to do this?" And then it's but... trying to get back into the spirit of it. Oh yeah, but once I did, once I got past that initial kind of fatigue of it, I I really got into it, and actually, I didn't find it as taxing as last year. But I don't think that's surprising because obviously we had a load of extra episodes and I think also what makes a difference this year is I really enjoyed season seven I'm gonna come out and say straight away that I think it's one of the strongest seasons I've always enjoyed year. season seven it's just very interesting from a season from review point of view because as I said to Jamie because we have discussed this on a couple of occasions since we both started doing it it is for me it's either I love the episode entirely i've always loved it like they're incredible episodes or they're ones i cannot stand pretty much there's no in between ground there there may be a few but mainly they're kind of in two piles yeah i think i think like last season although i think you probably like this season more it's been a bit mixed for you hasn't it yeah i will quite easily say the first six episodes i could not care less really I just find it is. I like season seven, but I don't really like the first six episodes. Just, yeah, it's it's interesting because I think it's safe to say, out of at least the last two seasons, I think I've enjoyed the next I said six and seven more than you did, which I think is just interesting. Um, but one thing I'll also say, which I I do want to give credit, particularly to the writers for, is 
references. Last season, they forgot a lot of stuff. Like, like for example, you know, Barclay's fear of the transport. There was no, as you said, I think in that episode, there was no of of um, choice saying, "Oh yeah, I did it." Was it a Neo Warp transport? Whatever it was in the Shins, in the six, six, uh, the Shinzoid Man, or whatever it's the Schizoid Man, and you know, but with this season, there's actually references to past events that actually do work into the episode. So and I just want to give an awful lot of references to other um, establishing episodes in Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Yeah, so I've got to give the writers a lot of credit, particularly because you know, it's the last season. You know, they probably everyone was probably feeling very tired, and particularly when they were still doing the next gym films after. So I've got to give the writers a lot of credit this season for really getting things right in terms of the reference. And I was very, very impressed. The one thing um, that does stand out for this series is a whole season of bottle shows. Yes. In- yeah, entirely definitely. bottle shows. You look at them, you look at them through them, and they are very bottle-heavy shows, every single one of them. I, you know, I you look at my notes, and the first thing I put is kind of, bottle show um, done to save money for the finale and that's it the yeah. whole way through you look at it and you analyse it and you just go you haven't spent a dime on this show you really haven't but again like usual not all the bottle show episodes are bad there are some really good ones in there so and the, obviously you know the, the obviously also season 7 is what is called obviously the family season so that is the main running theme throughout I'd say pretty much most of the episodes in this season, isn't it? It's that three quarter, um, <clears throat> one quarter of the shows, isn't it? I think. Yeah, there's a lot. A lot of it is there's a family in some form, which is interesting. You know, it said it is that season, and yeah, I just I was surprised at seven because I, I I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought, and it's. I said I think it's one of the strongest seasons of next year. I'm not sure where quite where I'd put it. But it's definitely one of the one of the stronger ones, at least for me, anyway. I've always enjoyed it. Mm. Um, it's safe to say that we're both going to put up the series finale of all good things. That's that's kind of a no brainer. So yeah. what we're going to do instead is actually go for our kind of our second uh, choice because it, we feel yeah. it'd be a bit more insightful. Because if we just pick all good things, it's a bit like well, well, duh. Well, yeah, because, I mean, we, we don't do this every season, but there have been, I think, at least one or two past instances. It's, like, I, I, think... I feel like we're going to do this for uh, pretty much most of the series finales. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a few um, where it's not going to happen, but I think it's going to be a bit of a standard where it will be for Deep Space Nine and Voyager. I feel like it will be a bit of a standard where it's season seven. Oh, yes, in-game, what we leave behind, yet yeah, they're up, but... Okay, what's your secondary choice? Because I think we, I know we did it for Best of Both Worlds in season three. I'm not sure about any other um, next gen uh, finale. I'm not quite sure, but there are certain episodes that you know you you got to put up, um, and it's just so yeah. That's what we're also going to do as well. We're going to set all good things it will be, but we'll pick a secondary one as well. Although, so ironically, with that we there's a possibility we might have picked the same one, although we've not actually said it to each other. True. I'm so gonna that's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously this is obviously part one, um, and obviously we'll be going from descent all the way up to homeward, won't we? Yes. So should we um, should we get started then? So 
The description on Trekcore for Descent Part 1 says the Enterprise arrives at the site of a Borg attack only to find that the, uh, find the Borg in orbit. The Borg seem to have changed, now possessing some form of individuality and desire to kill organic life forms. And then Part 2 goes on to say Taken prisoner by law and the Borg, an away team consisting of Picard, Troy and Geordi and a Bridger is trapped while the Enterprise is attacked in orbit. Beverly beams aboard as many of the Enterprise search parties from the planet below as she can and is forced to retreat. Yeah, I, I can never remember how much we do with these sort of episodes, but I think we just kind of did a we, quick summary, don't we, really? Yeah, we, we'll, we'll touch on the key points. But again, guys, if you want to listen to our full review of Descent Part 1 and 2, then just go back and listen to the end of our Season 6 review, Part 2. Um, obviously, you rewatched this. I didn't. It's, yeah, I watched everything in its entirety. I kind of... Yeah. So I rewatched these again, and I still don't get it. No, you know, again, Descent was one I always used to really quite like, but kind of, again, putting your analytical mind on... It does have problems, you know. There's some good, there's some good stuff in there. There's some good ideas in there, but it, it, it's just, it was just the beginning. I said the beginning of the end of the Borg because there were still some really good Borg episodes, kind of, you know, in in Voyager. But it was that 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 was kind of the turning point where the Borg became you know and don't get me wrong i think it's really interesting they became individuals i think that's a fascinating side of them and in a way it's a good way to go but you've got that double-edged sword of they lose what made them such a threat and they just become another alien of the week so i think what i would like to see in the future is hugh's journey from the end of descent up until the beginning of picard i'd love to see the journey he goes on and how he changes how he gets rid of all his um, Borg implants. And I'd love to see his journey to how he becomes the uh, director on Artifact. Yeah. I think that'd be a very interesting story. I think there's a very interesting story within that kind of how he goes from being on that planet in, I think, wasn't it the Delta Quadrant, I think, Daft? I think so, yeah. How he travels back to the Delta Quadrant and does it, becomes a, a... crew member on the artifact i think it would be a very interesting on the, um, artifact i think yeah it's, it's just a very it's it's a very confused story i think should we um just talk a bit about um the, the messages in that yeah uh let's see let's get down to my messages um you should control your emotions and not let them control you uh, emotions are, co- are complex. They aren't positive or negative. It's what you do with the emotion that is important. So, as I said in the previous review, angry you can be angry about an injustice in society, but that could make, make a person want to make a positive change. And they could do that by protesting peacefully and promoting the issue. Um, killing someone is legally and morally wrong. Um, sometimes good intentions morally... Right decisions can lead to bad consequences. So obviously Picard letting Hugh go back to the collective. Um, obviously it starts the importance of the, the theme of family, which is emphasised throughout the season. Um, the notion of technology taking over. So law says it's the end of biological life. So it plays on the idea of the term, same idea of the Terminator films. Um, the notion of addiction. Uh, as Data wants more emotions and begs for it when Nora asks him if he wants more. And yeah, that's, that's it. 
I did for both part one and two. I'll just cover both. If you need support dealing with something, ask for it. There's no need to resort to violence. You always have a choice. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the one or for the few. If there's something wrong, take action. Help can come from the most unlikely places, which is you. Every decision we make has consequences. Don't give up so easily. There's solutions to every problem. You have to be ingenuitive. Don't manipulate people and don't walk blindly into an obvious trap. That's what I got for it. So it's not, it's not much. No, I mean, like I said, it does have its moments in there, and, but overall, as a, it just, it just doesn't work for either of us as a, as a episode, whether it's a two-parter or a season end or opener. It's, you know, it just for us, it just doesn't work, does it? Unfortunately. No. Um, should we should we move on to the next episode? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, so episode two is Liaisons. Um, and Liarian? Liar, yeah, I think so. Yeah, we'll go with that. Delegation visits the Enterprise for a diplomatic function. A shuttle transporting Picard crash lands on a planet covered with violent storms. A woman who has been stranded on the planet for seven years gets Picard to shelter inside a crashed freighter. This is a very strange episode. Yeah... Do you know, in a way, it's kind of, at least, you know, some of it, it's, it's kind of a bit of a lighter story, and I think you kind of needed that after Descent. So I think the placement of it is pretty good. Um, but as Simon has rightly said, it's a strange episode. I think for me, where it's strange is the Picard plot yeah. on the planet. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of, it's, it's very, I mean... It's very obvious, and I think it just doesn't really gel with the other two plots. I know you needed something maybe a bit more. I would and a bit go darker. as far as to say I don't think it would get made today. No. Didn't didn't you say to me that this episode was a fan's idea as well, or something? No. Didn't you? No, I haven't got it down in my notes. Oh, I thought you said something was like a, it was a fan story or something like that. Something by one of the fans oh okay well then I'll, then I'll then I'll take that back <laughs> I'll take back that statement beg your pardon um yeah it's it's, it's obviously a bottle show because it's very it's set mostly on the enterprise so it's that saving money for the finale uh Lyrian mm-hmm. shuttle is a redress of the Zabellian shuttle first seen in the most toys which should be no surprise um Hope Lailerians don't meet all new alien species in the same way. And I don't think their costumes leave much to the imagination. Yeah, I, I could see. I, yeah, they were kind of bland. And I think it, meeting certain other species, it wouldn't go down too well. <laughs> the way they were acting, definitely not. No. It's interesting that Lailerians want to learn about food, love and violence. Is it's effectively the idiot's guide to the humanity. Hmm. Uh, one of my stupid points. Why did Wolf keep his poker chip so far away from himself? I don't recall that, does he? If you look where it is, it's like six miles away from where he is. Everyone else got it quite close to them, but he keeps it like six miles away, and it's just a bit like, you wouldn't do that. Was it from the beginning of the actual poker game? Yeah. Ah, uh, because I was thinking, doesn't that uh, Liarian ambassador... It does, but his... Wolf's kind of, it's Wolf's fault, because he leaves it so far away, it's pretty much next to him. Oh, right, yeah, that is weird. Yeah, yeah, that is, that is, that is very strange, yeah. Um, 
Yep, said that. Um, there's at least a scene where Wolf gets woken up at 5am and asked to tour the ship by the ambassador. Mm. It's one of the only three episodes that does not feature the bridge. The other two are Family and Dark Page. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's interesting. I think I might have said that in Family, but it's always interesting to point out, and I'll point it out again in Dark Page, because that's, that's coming up. It's fine, because you know, it's been two years now. Two years since we did our season four review, so I would have forgotten anyway, so a reminder's not a bad thing. Chocolate-covered raisins were meant to be seen in the poker game, but Paul Eding is allergic, uh, allergic to chocolate. So they went for an alternative choice that I can't remember what it is. Who who's Paul Eden? Was that was that one of the the one um, with Troy guest actors? Ah oh, right, oh, okay, that's interesting. I didn't know that. That's all my facts for this show. Um, so for me, I um I like the opening scene where Wolf is fiddling with his dress uniform. That just made me chuckle. Again, nice to have a lighter. I think it's a things. reference back where I think in a previous one he's moaning about dresses as well, and I think it's another reference to that again. Yeah, and sense, I think yeah. it's like, oh, it, you know, this looks like a dress. Oh, isn't that a very sexist thing to say, Wolf? I think it's a reference back to that, whatever that is. Yeah, I mean, the bit, the bit where yeah, he's fiddling with it, it's fine. But when it's, it's the statement where Riker thinks Wolf, that bit I didn't like. That bit was just like they play that scene for humour, but it's just like, yeah, that could kind of come across as insulting. So uh, the bit before Riker comes in was fine, but it was just. That bit there was, uh, I just, yeah, it was a bit uncomfortable. Um, nice to have a lighter episode off the heaviness of the Descent 2 parter. Um, again, I thought the two plots where Wolf and Dana are escorting their ambassadors, Laquelle of experiencing pleasure and Byleth of antagonism oh, yes. is funny. First appearance of Eric. Eric is very important. Eric keeps appearing in Seven for some reason. I only saw him twice. He does keep appearing. He's, he gets out of three, three or four appearances, I think. Okay. Again, I'm, I'm. I don't. I can't quite remember. It's been twelve days, so I may be slightly off. But mm. Eric just keeps appearing. It's a like, yeah, we liked him. We have him back. Don't know. Don't know why. There you go. Um. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah. Uh, it's so those two plots are funny and complement each other well. Um, I thought it was an interesting ideas are explored. Well, of love, pleasure, and antagonism. So the ambassadors representing different aspects of human emotion, exploring it in their experiment. Yeah, it's idiot's guide to humanity, as I put it. Um, so what I just like to say about the whole statement of Riker and about the Picard plot. Uh, the other thing I did not like, the scene with Anakis and Picard near the end and trying to make them fall in love with him just just felt very awkward. It's, yeah, they were trying to go for the Florence Nightingale effect. But yeah. down that way, it just doesn't quite. It doesn't come off as true. But I think that's the point where they don't yeah. understand it properly. Probably. Um, and and again, mess- again, it's the whole thing of Picard then going, hmm, "Not quite certain about these things," you know. And again, it, they dance around the thing of, "You almost raped me," but we'll 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 work around this. We're not. We won't go any further with it. We'll just go. Yeah, uh, maybe we'll try this again. Yeah, that is something I did kind of note down as well. Um, just it's, it's just a very strange episode. I think it's okay. Agreed. Same. It's all right. I don't mind it. I, I feel like those who did it in Voyager, where they had that ambassador that got drunk, it's that whole thing of like, oh, 
Look, they want to learn. Oh, look, he's learnt too much. This is... was the Voy- what one was that in Voyager? Was um, it any better? It's the guy where it's like they're all cleansers and then they go and he gets drunk. It's quite late oh, on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the messages I got from this episode were you can't make someone fall in love with you quickly. It takes time to nurture and grow. Um, don't believe everything you see. So Anna is really ambassador uh, of vow and Morph's ambassador wasn't really arrogant and rude but was deliberately provoking him and you have to be when it comes to dealing with difficult diplomats but everyone has their limits as uh, what, as we found out with Wolf. What, what was that Jamie you broke up there? What the third one? Yeah I think so. Uh, you have to be patient when it comes to dealing with difficult diplomats but everyone has their limits as we that find out with That makes more sense it cut out when you said the word patience which is quite, uh, quite important when you're saying yeah okay that makes sense. What about you? What did you get? Uh, not much more. Uh, treat people how you'd like to be treated. There's no need to resort to violence. Things aren't always what they appear. If you want to find out something, ask a question. Things don't turn out quite how you imagine. Don't eat too much. Always stay positive. Don't manipulate people. Don't force situations to happen. Every decision we make has consequences. That's about it. I do not... It's... It's not the best, but it's not the worst, I don't think. No, it's as I said, I think it's what you call a standard, just a standard episode. It's watchable enough, but it's, it's nothing special. Um, should we go on to Interface? Yeah. Yep. Um, oh, yeah, you're reading this one. Yeah. Am, am I? <laughs> okay. Uh, I did the last one, didn't I? Yeah, I'm sorry. Did you want me to read this one? I'll then? do it, I'll do it. You sure? Yeah, here we do Gambit. Um, okay. A new interface is being tested by Geordi to control unmanned probe and comes in use when the Enterprise investigates the loss of Starship Roman. During the mission, Picard receives word that Starship Hero, commanded by Geordi's mother, has disappeared. I struggled with this one. I found nada, pretty much. Um, um, I, f- I, I, I found a good, I found a good few points here. I think at least seven different points. So I found quite a bit for this one. I found four. Um, another bottle show, saving money. An episode where we get to see Geordie's eyes. Um, mm-hmm. She's LeVar Burton's kind of famous eyes, I suppose. Um, the USS Excelsior gets a name drop. Uh, which is because it's one of the searching ships. I'm so glad I put notes down because otherwise that would have been completely. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said that and Jane would have gone, huh? How? When? 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 Sorry? And I would have gone, I don't know. So I had to put extra notes down this year in hopes that I might remember. Um, and Geordie experiences the five levels of grief. Um, and I, th- yep. I know I think there should have been a scene with Troy earlier in the episode. I think it comes too late. Yeah, I can understand that. I can definitely understand that. And to be fair, when I wrote it down, I wrote it should have been a scene with Troy as my original note. And it's a bit like, okay, right, there's a Troy scene, fine. Okay, then. That's how can I modify this to make more sense? So it's, <laughs> it's, I like that we got to see Geordie's parents after hearing about them anecdotally throughout the whole seven seasons. I think, and I think you said to me you quite like that his mother's trying to set him up with her 
chief engineer. Yeah, because you know, I mean, normally if your parents are trying to set you up, normally it's like you shy away from. But considering most of George's romances have failed miserably, maybe it's not a bad idea. Well, we know why they all fail. I think we will get to that later, don't we? Um, yeah. Well, you you mentioned it to me, didn't you? That it, um, was it in this episode? I think you. I think we were talking about it. I think it comes up in my notes somewhere else. Okay, well, we'll, we'll leave it for now then. Um, uh, so, um, so what I like about this episode, um, so I like the idea of the Geordie testing interface to use his visor's neural implants on his brain along with an interface suit to control, to control, to control it. My nose a bit. I would like to have seen more shots of the pro, but that they only didn't because it was too expensive to do it again saving money um so i i just just the whole idea of him going into areas virtually while which other crew members in reality wouldn't be able to go into um so even though it's not used again i like the fact i thought it was interesting uh again some nice character development for geordie finding more about his family his mother is a captain of the hera and meeting his father and find out about his sister um again it kind of um Interesting that George's mother's disappearance is left left unresolved in the show. Normally, normally it probably wouldn't be. Um, I like the fact that the subspace aliens weren't hostile and that they actually helped bring Geordie closure. As he says to Picard at the end, he got a chance to say goodbye to his mother, even though it technically wasn't his mother. So, um, so um, and obviously it focuses. It's just, it's kind of touching on the themes, but not exactly. But again, it focuses on the themes of the importance of family. Uh, and using virtual reality so it's, it, the benefits and dangers of that is explored in some depth depth and i think it links together quite nicely um in terms of what i didn't like um again uh just just the idea of the interface it just it was explored but it would have been nice to see it used again i think so the issue is joan this is season seven yeah that that's issue where else have you got a blind uh, main character. You don't on any other other shows. The only clearest comparison we can have is the woman in the wheelchair in DS9. I'd say. Uh, Melora. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's true, but I just it, it would have been nice too. But it's just, it's a it's a minor thing. But I, I must admit, I I really quite enjoyed the episode. Um, I was surprised because again previously I just dismissed it as I didn't mind it, but it didn't really resonate with me. But I. I actually quite enjoyed it. Um, what messages did you get from it? Not loads. If we need support, ask for it. Things aren't what they appear. New technology is fraught with problems. Blood is thicker than water. Everyone deals with loss in a different in different ways. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. And don't play people and play with their emotions. Um, I got family is the most important thing, and we'd do anything to help them. So Geordie risks his career by disobeying the captain's order and his life to do it. Focusing on other things can help take your mind off of bad news. So Geordie finds out his mother is missing, um, and instead of taking a couple of days like Riker suggests, he wants to work instead. Hope is a powerful emotion that can help keep us grounded. So Geordie says to his dad, unless he sees hard evidence, he won't give up on his mother. Everyone deals with grief in different ways. Um, so even though it gives him hope, there comes a point where he's kind of in denial about it. 
Um, it's very important to grieve and acknowledge someone's passing. Being in denial can be detrimental, de de detrimental to your mental health. It's hard to be objective about a situation if it affects you personally. So Data telling Geordie he, he's thinking maybe biased about his mother's mistreatment. And you can't always trust your eyes and what is real and what is not. So, again, it's happened to the idea of the whole virtual reality thing. So, yeah, that's what I got. So, but, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. It's a nice it's a nice bit of character development for Geordie. I think the story works reasonably well. And I said, that, that technology that he uses is really interesting, even if the interface, even if it's never used again. So, yeah, overall, I thought it was a, it was a pretty good episode. Um, should we move on to the next one? Yeah. Yep. Yay, Gambit. <laughs> okay, so Gambit Part 1. Um, Riker, Troy, Wolf and Crusher are searching for the uh, for the missing Captain Picard. A Eurydian claims he witnessed Picard's death in a seedy bar after an argument with a group of aliens. Chasing the lead, a well-armed group of aliens ambushes an away team and Riker is captured. The word on that last bit is a bit weird. Um, and Part 2... Um, Picard discovers that Baran's gang is not looking for Romulan artifacts, but for ancient Vulcan artifacts. When Picard realises what the artifact is capable of, he must act quickly and needs a mutiny among the mercenaries. Uh, yeah, Gambit, um, again, I've always quite enjoyed this two-parter. Uh, I think it's a fun, action-oriented episode. <laughs> um, I do have some issues with it, and I wouldn't put it up for consideration, but... I really do. I've, I've always quite enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, God. I've never got this one. I've never did, got it. You, you did say to me you didn't. it wasn't as bad as you remember. No, but it, that was marginal. It really was. I just don't get it. I never have. I, I find this... T it, it, it belongs in the wrong show. As I've said yeah. for quite a long time now... As I said to Clive, I think it belongs in Deep Space Nine. Yeah, I would agree with that. With a little bit of modification, you could quite easily make it draw an object and it would have the same effect. It's not a, sh a show for next gen. It doesn't sit well, at least with me. No, I mean, I, 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 it, for me it works okay in next gen, but I do think it would have been better suited to DS9. I do agree. Um... It's Robin Kirst's second appearance in Star Trek as she played Savak in Star Trek 3, Search for Spock. A second time, Data's take command of a starship as he's command of the USS Sutherland in Unification. Uh, Picard's name Galen is referenced back to his archaeology mentor, Professor Richard Galen, seen in Chase, which Jamie didn't even realise. And I didn't, no. and to be fair, I didn't even realise until this rewatch to be fair yeah so, and i just it never occurred to me and actually again it, that's the kind of first example of kind of references kind of you know referencing something from the past which is really quite good oh uh, well, my favorite i think the mess the mercenary bridge is redress of the enterprise the battle bridge uh with, i think transport pad taken away either from realm or relics i think uh and it that set is later reused USS Pasteur in All Good Things, which I thought was a very interesting tidbit. There are also some deleted scenes where um, extended Troy Bar scene working 
more into the plot of the episode. Riker and Dr. Usher discuss Picard's apparent death in sick bay. Uh, DNA results. Extended Yarnet quarters scene. Picard will be placed in the situation so that he protects the outpost while staying undercover. I don't know. They mean things, apparently. <laughs> um, so that's all from part one. Um, the Klingon uh, Torum class shuttle is reused as a Zabalian shuttle from the Mice Toys again. Um, oh yeah, it's incredible it's capable of suppressing his aggression. That would always be funny. The Klingon Corral is played by James Worthy, a professional baseball player for the Los, um, Los Angeles Lakers. Um, as a captain, why would you still wear a torture device? I don't get that. If you look at Baran throughout the episodes, he's still wearing his one. Surely the first thing you do is take yours off. Yeah, I was going to say, that is a bit weird, isn't it? What if that was a, what if that was a wardrobe malfunction or something? No, I think it's because you have to kill the guy, so you keep him on, but in real life you would take it off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the resonator effect looks like the changing special effects. I think they were saving money again. <laughs> in the early drafts, the cyanic resonator was much more powerful, capable of killing millions of people at a time, which I personally think would have been better. I am being yeah, a little great. bit hypocritical because I know theoretically Time's Arrow doesn't really affect many people. It only affects people in 18, yeah. 18th century San Francisco, but I think the story of that's so much better, for, in my personal opinion, if I'm being honest. Um, there are some deleted scenes for part two as well, where Riker are maintaining his relationship with Bran while staying undercover to avoid bloodshed. Sending scene where Bran finds out Kral is on board the Enterprise. Yeah, I, I didn't care about these scenes that much. I didn't go into too much detail. It's 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 yeah, it's better than I remember it. Mm. But I have too many problems with it. I have the problem with Picard going off and doing what the Heady Godwell likes. The Enterprise just don't care what they do, they're going to now investigate this. Then the double-crossing, it's, there's too many of them. But I know that's why you love it, Jamie, but in my mind there's too many. You could probably cut out one and it'd be, still be a perfectly good episode. Mm. I think this is it's just, just too much all at once. You, with regards to Picard, you know, doing whatever he wanted, wasn't he on, did it, did it say like he was on leave or something? I like believe he, so, he yeah. On, yeah, I mean, it's tricky, I uh, suppose. That's fine, but it's the whole kind of, oh, yeah, then Twice can do what it likes for six months. Yeah, we didn't, yeah but Riker did get um, permission from that admin guy, he, he didn't did. he? did, it's just a bit, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I don't You're care for it. I just... <laughs> yeah. You're reaching a bit there, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, As I say, I just think it's, just like the, the uh, betrayals, it's just like one too many. Mm. It's kind of okay. You're pushing it. Okay, you're pushing it even more now. Okay, now I don't. No, now I don't believe it. It's that whole thing. I I find with it. No, that's fair enough, Sai. I mean, you know, we knew when we got to this, it was always going to be one where our pe- where our opinions would differ. It's it's just that's fair enough. Um, I, so I think I, that's again. That's what I think. I said to you on the phone. I think it's nice that we have both ends of the spectrum where you like it and I don't. 
Yeah. So we're kind of covered, at least in this episode, where it's kind of, I don't enjoy it, but I know people out there do enjoy it just like you do. It's that Star Trek for you. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, so uh, for part one, I thought it was a really great opening with the crew, trying to find out what happened to the captain with the shocking revelation that he's been vaporised or something. There was also um, a certain level of... Um, which one's that? Unification? Whether in the bar, it's sort of that vibe again. It's just a bit like, oh, God, let's do this again. Like, you know, oh, mm. that fringy, it's that whole crap, like... Yeah. Let's find out information in a dingy bar. I wonder if... Think about it. I haven't got it in my notes, but I wonder if they use that same set or a redress of it for Preemptive Strike. I was just going to say, because that's a similar kind of scene with Rowan that, isn't there? Kind of a similar kind of thing. But I, um, I don't know, that's just a guess at the top of my head. Um, I thought it was intriguing mystery set with what Picard was doing at the bar. Uh, great performance across the cast, especially um, Frakes and Stuart. So when they're when he's going through the diff- different emotions and trying to deal with putting speech parts, Picard's death, and particularly uh, Patrick Stewart when he's pretending to be the smuggler Galen. Um, excellent, excellent action sequences with terrific stunts and a tone that is intense and fast-paced. I thought it was an interesting dynamic of the command structure when Data becomes acting captain and Morf acting first officer when Riker is kidnapped. <laughs> this is a, this is a small a small bit, but it, I just loved it. I loved the moment in the observation lounge when Data sits down and stipples his fingers together like Picard. I just loved that imitation. Um, nice to have a plot revolved around Picard's hobby of archaeology. Um, I like and I also liked the cliffhanger of the mercenary ship firing on the Enterprise. And there's a bit of trivia, though it's kind of obvious. Obviously, we see again another Uridian in the franchise, which we don't get to see often. Um, for part two, um, I love the duplicity, especially in part two, with alliances and hidden agendas shifting with people being double-crossed. So Riker and Galen pretend to be enemies, Baran and Riker teaming up, and Baran asking him to gain Galen's trust and kill him, and the Romulan uh, Talera pretending to be Vulcan security. And, and Picard brilliantly sums up this to Riker. Oh, what a tangled web we weave. I'm finding it hard to remember what side I'm on. Um, I also love the scenes uh, with, the, with the Klingon um, as Data introduces himself with Beverly carrying out the health and safety inspection. And then when Deanna and Data try to socialise with him in the observation lounge, she just pours the blood wine on the floor. Uh, didn't you say that the guy that was playing that Klingon, wasn't he like a, a basketball star or something? Yeah, welcome to 10 minutes ago, Joe, where I did say it. You did? Oh, OK, big pardon, sorry. <laughs> I forgot, sorry. Um, and I like the moment when Deanna <laughs> says, Reich has only, only been stunned, and Data replies, I must admit to experiencing a similar sensation. And of course, then the ending with everything that's happened, with Riker breaking Starfleet regulations and Picard being dead, that Data escorts him to the brig. Um, in terms of dislikes, kind of you've kind of said DS9 it would be better suited, and as you say, the whole the whole telepathic weapon, the sonic resonance. not enough threat in there. That's no, that's my problem just, with it. It's a bit like it's just very anticlimactic, and it's just like all you got to do is just not get angry. And it's like, and, and even Picard himself says, peace was brought to Vulcan 2,000 years ago. So the whole thing is useless. So, yeah. It it's just, hardly the most just... complicated weapon if it's in four bits either, is it? It's not like... No. And it's like lying around in just random places around that sector. It's a bit like, what? <laughs> like... 
so yeah i think the original idea that they had would have worked out much better and i think it would have elevated the episode um in terms of the messages um for part one i got would do anything for family so when they're questioning you reading on a planet and have the cover story of trying to find the man who impregnated his sister um so obviously that would be troy wasn't it i think tend to be the sister um again it's important to grieve and acknowledge someone's passing so when deanna talks to Riker about Picard's death and having a memorial service and justice is important in order to be able to get close closure so Riker wants to find out who did this to Picard and for part two I've got um we all have roles to play and sometimes duplicity is necessary in a dangerous situation to survive and find out what's going on or you could use the phrase all the world's a stage and everyone has hidden agendas you always have a choice there's no need to resort to violence in this case corporal punishment Treat people how you'd like to be treated. If there's something wrong, take action. Things aren't always what they appear. Things don't work out quite how you imagine. Don't pay people and every decision we make has consequences. Yeah, so suffice to say, I really like this episode. Simon's not bothered by it. And there you go. (laughs) Well, ages ago, I think we did an episode on it, didn't we? You did, yeah, and that didn't go really well. We We would never budge. We would never budge. We were very, very set in our ways I said again I, I do acknowledge that Gambit does have its flaws but overall I think that's a two part I've, I've always enjoyed it so I think I think for us it's just one of those cases where in, in a way it's more my kind of episode that makes sense but, we respectfully know, dis um, um, disagree respectfully disagree oh about our thoughts on it yeah 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 um, next one I can't stand this one <laughs> guess what this one i also quite like as well (laughs) i didn't find much i found lots of facts for it but i didn't find many theorems for it but i'm sure jane will pick up the snack for that i've never got this one i have never got it um do you want me to read the synopsis for this one um who wants to do dark age isn't it really yeah true I don't really mind. I mean, technically, it would be your turn to read, then it'd be mine. But I don't mind doing this one, so it's fine. Okay. I know you're, not, I know you're not fond of this episode. So do you want me to read it? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So phantasms. Uh, day two experiences his first nightmare, full of disturbing imagery. He feels he should not ignore. His friends don't think it's anything to worry about until Data's nightmare visions drive him to commit acts of violence. Oh, it's this one when my a uh, Geordie fat comes. Oh, right. Okay, gotcha. Um, I could never understand why they changed the Enterprise Warp Core in this episode. Um, yeah, that that is the one thing I will say that was just very odd, and it, again, it's just never used again Why anyway, didn't they so. test it um, to create a problem just to fix the problem? Because it's the, it's the green one. I don't... Mm. I'd never got it. And the first shot is them leaving Starbase, so it's not like they couldn't go anywhere, but that's quickly forgotten. Um, Star Trek Voyager did a very similar plot in the episode Scientific Method. Yeah. Uh, Bottle Show. An episode that Although, Although I think it's safe to say out of the two, you probably prefer Scientific Method, don't you? Uh, Or maybe not. (laughs) Marginally, I I don't know. I've never really thought about it. An episode that answers the question, do androids dream of electric sheet written by Philip K. Dick? Uh, I'll go back to the Geordie thing. I'll leave that until last. I think it's 
answers more questions than it. Yeah, um, Scotty's croak. The more they overthink the plumbing, the easier it is to stop, stop up the drain, which I think works on New York Core. Remember how low I thought was the turbulence scene is very reminiscent of the famous shower scene in Psycho from 1960. Um, yeah, I can see that, yeah. Obscure use of the terrible word when Dr. Crusher is talking about leeches. You hardly ever hear the word Terran. So I thought it was very interesting that they used the word Terran leeches. Uh, Luxana Troy references this in the Star Trek Deep Space Nine episode The Muse. Or have I got... I think I got confused. I think I put that in the wrong notes. I think it's meant to be in Dark Page. Yep, that's in the wrong was, bit. Oops. I was going to say. <laughs> I always, uh, every year, I put a note. Right, okay, going back to Joel. I'll mention that again in a minute then. Uh, Jordy was originally meant to be, be gay, which might explain why he was so unlucky with the women. And this is a going reference to Enchant Taylor's crush. Mm. And I think that explains so much about characters, about Jordy's character and his, and why it didn't work ever. I think. Because he was originally meant to be written differently, wasn't he? Meant to be written as gay. And in they? some ways it was still kept in there unofficially, I think. Quite possibly, maybe. I mean, we don't know for sure. This is just speculation, but it certainly makes sense. I think. No, but you look at what they what happened with Garrick and kind of Andrew Robinson's kind of he kept a Bible. Mm. So I do wonder whether intuitively they still did it, mm. but they didn't let Lavava know. Really, I don't know, but I thought it was a very interesting tidbit that I'd never heard before, and it's just a bit like... No, you said you told me, and I said it was very interesting, and it's like, I didn't know, so... But to get to season seven, it's a bit like, yeah, that makes more sense now. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not the one to talk to about this episode, I'm really <laughs> not. I just... Um. So I'll just start off with what I liked. Um. So, nice having the episode focus on Data's dream programme again. Bring them back something from I think it was season last season, I think. I believe so. Yeah. Um and it's a solution. Um to Birthright, I think on. that'd be Birthright, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, to what's going on. So the organisms which the crew cannot see are feeding on their cellular peptides, but through data in his dream in his unconscious perceives them. I love the wonderfully quirky bizarreness of the episode with the images data sees like Troy is a cake which data cuts. Miner's working on the Enterprise, a phone ring and a Riker with a straw sticking out of his head. Um, a intriguing approach to the mystery of what is happening with the bizarre images in his dream that Data experiences and how it all fits together to get rid of the organisms. Um, I like the subplots of Picard trying to get out of the annual Admiral's banquet and it's entirely Cross and Geordie. I think it adds a bit of light harshness to the main plot with the disturbing imagery, so I think it balances it out quite nicely. And I also like the fact that the episode considers the possibility that Data's problem is not technological, but psychological. Um, in terms of the messages, um, so again, Deanna sums this up perfectly. As Sigmund Freud quotes, dreams are the royal road to the knowledge of the mind. Nightmares are part of dreaming, you shouldn't shy away from them. Dreams and images can tell a lot about ourselves and others depending on what you are dreaming about. That's all I got. Um, you always have a choice if there's something wrong, take action. New technology is fraught with problems, that damn bloody new walk course. Like an interface, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dreams never make any make any sense. The saying, if it 
isn't broken, don't fix it, and that's it. I. <laughs> it's it's no, the I... typical thing of I don't like this, so I didn't find much, so I can't say much again, more. Again, I've, again, I enjoyed this episode more watching it through. It's just, just wonderfully, wonderfully bizarre, but I, I like it. It's, I've always liked it, so that's just me, though. Um, should we go on to the next one? Yes. Uh, Dark Page, the first one I'm putting up, and I'm assuming Naomi is too. Correct. Definitely. Uh, Luxana Travore visits the Enterprise again, along with the delegation of the Khan, to prepare them for the meeting of the Federation Council. Mrs. Troy is trying to help the Khan learn to speak not long after Voyager... Uh, after... What is her Voyager? After Deanne notices her mother experiencing brief episodes of intense anguish. Now, what I'm going to do immediately is point out the thing I said first. Luxana Troy references this in the, in the Deep Space Nine episode, The Muse. Right, that covers that. Uh, I didn't find much for this, but it's such a great episode. There's so much emotion wrapped up in it that it, you'd be daft not to put it up. Uh, Kirsten Dunst plays Hedril in one of her first acting roles. Yep. Uh, one of the children is wearing the um, costume worn by Marissa in Disaster in the Arboretum. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. It's the first time we, uh, I should put this in quotes, meet Troy's father, Ian. Mm-hmm. Mr. Holm knew all along, which is kind yeah. of a bit of a ploy on it. It was Agatha all along. You'll get that if you watch One Vision. Um, again, this is a fine episode not to feature the bridge. And there's a couple of extended scenes where it's an extended flashback to the accident. It was like 10 seconds extra, or it was kind of a bit more kind of crying. Uh, and there's a nice scene, extended quarter scene, Alexander telling Jenna about her sister, which is just a nice little bit added to the end of it. Mm. I, I, it's be... just a, it's a very interesting thing. Again, it's the one thing that Alexander Troy at the beginning of the series was seen as comic relief. Yeah. But by the end of the series, her episodes were so fantastic. I think, I think the turning point was half a life. Uh, half a life. Yeah. That was the turning point. Cost, cost of living is okay, but it's it's Dark Page and Half a Life, which are just incredible episodes, and it's just so it's such a and oh and isn't there a, isn't one of Riker and Troy's children named after her sister? Isn't Kiss um Kestra? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I think I saw that in one of the notes, but I didn't put it down because it was sort of like well, yeah, duh. But it, it's, again, I think this is another one that made me a bit sad at the end of it. Just like, oh, and there's oh, that's the thing I told you about, which make it always makes me laugh. Or it's just a bad bit of special effects, but it's it was done real. I I cannot stand it's oh, yeah. <laughs> the shot of Jana Troy jumping down from one of the corridors. It's such a crummy shot. Another one that Agreed. I didn't say to Jamie, but it's the one where it's the little yapper dog, and it's got the growl of the wolf. That's another shot that I don't get, and they're like they're together, and they just don't work for me. It's such a minor thing, and I always point this out and things like this, and then Jamie goes, "Oh, what are you what are you on about?" But those two shots just don't add up to me. They just they're what is it with Rainy Circus and Duff? Special effects shots. Several of them laughs at night terrors. 
where she's going through that void and you're going to get the bum shot, don't you? And this is, a, <laughs> and this is another shot where it's a bit like, what were they thinking? What what was like? I, I don't know. I think they should have done it better than the jump down. Because I think, if I remember right, in, a, in the research I did, Marie Cersei, I think, actually did that. It was a physical effect. But I think they should have found a better way of transitioning them into the accident scene rather than what it was. It's a bit abrupt and a bit random. Just too random for my liking. No, that's fair enough. I, th- I think they needed to find a way of fading it a bit. I think maybe what they need to do, they need to do a thing like they do in masks. You know what they transition the the final bit but they make that building. You oh, needed yeah. that sort of effect where the corridor would kind of fade and then should appear in the kind of Arboretum section. I don't know. Rather than the jump down, it just doesn't... I, I think it's the leap of faith they're trying to go for, but... I think I spend sitting there going, where's she leaping to? Like, what? Huh? <laughs> so... But apart from... But apart from that, you like the episode. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't get focused on 20 seconds worth of footage. But it, yeah, it's, it's such a sad episode. But it's what we've needed for oh, Troy's relationship thing. You know, then kind of, oh. And I you said to me, it's the whole, you like mate queens. Because he's... He's respectful and goes, oops, I've done a cultural thing here. Uh, yeah, the whole when when uh, Loaxan is trying to set set him and Deanna up and he goes, oh, you're, you're looking for a husband. And it's like the next day he apologises for it. I, I thought it was I thought it was nice. I thought, you know, it, and, and the fact, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't have minded if Deanna did end up getting together with him. But it was again, it was quite nice that that didn't happen as well. It was just. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I just thought that was one part that just really stood out to me. He wasn't a creep, and like you know, bloody, yeah, was it Devonani Rao, whatever his name is? Yeah, you know, it's right? ad, uh, see previous list, see previous episode. <laughs> um, Devonani Rao and Violations guy. Oh yeah, uh, whatever. His, oh, um, Jed, uh, Jed. Yeah, Jed? that sounds about right. Whatever. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to say about like trivia and stuff? No, I'm done for all that stuff. I've just got three M stuff. Um, so for me, so again, you said about like Alexander Troy coming back and building on their character in a respectful way, done brilliantly. Um, again, a great story for her and Diana that uses her abilities as a telepathic counselor as well as we meet her father, so it gives her more depth. Um, I love the opening scene with Picard and Alexander having a conversation, and she keeps talking on. And then about then her conversation with Wolf and Riker saying the Colonel wouldn't be able to read their unsophisticated brains when Wolf says telepaths make him uneasy. Just that whole section of Riker just going around like that, I just thought it was funny. Um, again, fascinating, I think, that a telepathic species are learning to... Uh, so, like, the differences between the Colonel and the others, that all their thoughts are open, nothing is private, whereas the Batizoids and humans, they don't share anything. Again, we mentioned about the whole thing about Makey's make, make being a nice guy. Um, again, excellent performance from Majel Barrett Roddenberry. Uh, so being her usual quirky, outgoing self to being moody and emotional. Um, 
interesting mystery set up of what has happened to Waxana and what she's hiding with the shocking truth how, uh, that her, she had a sister who died tragically. Um, I like that we find out more about how Betazoid uh, physiology works, so about the metaconscious mind. Um, I love the lovely scene between Diana and her father when she's in her mother's metaconscious mind. So especially when uh, he sings her that song, Down Down in the Valley, which I just thought was a really lovely moment. Um, again, like the callback to Phantasms with Data, Data mentions his recent dream analysis. And just overall, just all round, excellently well done episode with the acting, the story and emotion, um, story and music. And as Simon said, got very emotional. And I'm not ashamed to admit, I, I, I was crying. I had tears in my eyes. It was really emotional because it, it was just so brilliantly done. Um, and I think there's plenty of uh, free M's that are explored well and give depth to the episode and characters. It's, this is one of the standouts of the... I think all the ones that I've put up, I think, are standout ones. Yeah. I think. It, I, it's just an amazing episode and an amazing way for um, Roxana Troy to go out of next gen. Mm, you know, and it said it's it's an episode that just works on every level. And it, for me, I didn't find anything I disliked about it. It just it just builds up really well, and it's just a brilliantly done told story. And I, and one other thing I didn't put down, but I really like the the interesting effect when um like you see make make even like sound effect, other, isn't it? It's the yeah of of um communicating telepathically it's that like, white noise it's that white noise sound effect kind of thing and i think it works because i think particularly when he first does it diana gets quite overwhelmed so the actual sound effect i think complements her, her feelings of going through it so you I just need that, was that really sound effect fun. there otherwise it would just look a bit strange it just kind of him looking at her it just, so i think it needed it yeah um, what did you get for the um, the messages? Uh, quite a bit, really. If you need support, ask for it. Don't overprotect people. Bloody stick in the water. If there's something wrong, take action. Everyone deals with loss in different ways. Everyone makes mistakes. Accidents happen. Cherish mm. the time you have with friends and family. You never know when it will be gone. A problem shared is a problem halved. Don't keep secrets. Don't overstretch yourself too much. And no one is ever forgotten. Yeah, I think I think that's another thing as well. That there's some, another thing that kind of runs through some of these episodes is dealing with grief and trauma. I, I think you know this is in a few of these episodes as well. Um, varying got... dis- varying degrees of success, though. Yeah, this is one on of the, the better ones. Yeah, agreed. Um, so the films I got was everyone needs to take time and rest as it takes its toll on you mentally and physically. So when Beverly tells Loaxana she needs to avoid telepathic communication for a while and rest. Dealing with grief and trauma is important. So when Loaxana hit him, the fact that Diana had a sister she never knew as she died in an accident, it becomes too much for Loaxana to handle as her brain shuts down. No parent should have to lose or bury their child, as Loaxana and her husband do when they lose Kestra. Family is precious, as you say. Treasure the time you have with them. Um, you do anything to help your family. So when her mother goes, in, when Diana goes into Roxana's metaconscious mind, it could be dangerous for her. Again, if you're struggling with a trauma or your mental health, always seek help. Talking about it and celebrating what was good about that person who passed can help you grieve. Um, so when Roxana calls out to Diana telepathically for help, um, images and dreams can be important and represent different aspects of oneself. So a person like Head. Uh, Hendrel, a child represents vulnerability, as Diana says in the observation lounge. 
all forms of communication are important. So in this case, not just telepathically, but also verbally. So, yeah, just overall, just an absolutely fantastically written and acted episode. It just really tugged, really tugged at the heartstrings. I, I said I cried. I honestly did cry my eyes out. It was just such a, just such a sad episode. But it was done really well, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, next one. Attached. Yep. Uh, did you want me to read the synopsis for this one? Yeah. Uh, hang on, let me just get up on a trick call. This was a bit of a disappointment for me. Uh, yeah, I would have to confess the same. Um, right, so the synopsis for this is, uh, beaming down to meet with representatives of the Kess, Picard and Beverly are kidnapped by the neighbouring Prit, who believe the potential affiliation with the Federation to be a military pact. Fitted with implants, the two officers soon find themselves mentally linked. Uh, it's not a bad episode, but there's not really much there. I personally found the two, the Kess and Pritz species, very one-dimensional, yes. very forgettable. Um, you know... Yeah, my think... top note says it. Everyone on Kessbrit is an idiot. <laughs> Uh, an episode designed to solve the sexual tension built up over the last seven years between Dr. Crusher and Captain Picard and sets up the future timeline in all good things. And mm. the only other thing I got was a stock shot from Vengeance Factor was used when they're looking at the bridge uh, science stations as Dr. Crusher's reflection can be seen. Um, I thought, again, it was nice to have, I said you said about the romantic tension between Beverly and Picard resolved after so long with them hearing each other's thoughts with the truth coming out. Um, I thought it was an interesting dynamic between the two and being able to read each other's thoughts despite knowing each other for so long. And I, I, I would love to know what Picard and Beverly's thoughts were to each other at the end when they're walking down the corridor and they're laughing with Riker behind them. I'd love to know what that was about. Um, so laughing at Riker's expense, no doubt, but yeah, probably. Know what that is, and literally, in terms of the messages, literally, I just got two things. And this one is actually what good I'm news. Kind of... I can pick up for that slack, Jeremy. Good, I'm glad to hear, glad to hear that. Um, <laughs> so I got this is one actually Picard himself says in the episode there is a solution to every puzzle, a way out of every box, it's just a matter of finding it. So, this is what Picard says to Beverly when they're in the prison. And even despite knowing a person for years, you can still learn new things about them. So, like when Beverly finds out Picard's romantic interest in her when they first met, they, he was interested in her like that. She never knew. That's all I got. What'd you get? Treat people how you'd like to be treated. There's no reason to be so suspicious. Peace is a worthy goal. If it doesn't cost anything to help someone, thinks that the right help can come from the most unlikely places. Things aren't always what they appear. Things don't turn out quite how you imagine. Don't keep secrets. Privacy is important. Honesty is the best policy. Every decision we make has consequences and don't walk blindly into an, an obvious trap. It's, a, it's a, like, because that, like, the uh, transporter scene is a bit like, um, like, um, oh, nuisance calls. It's that whole crap. Like, oh, come on. Like, didn't you do any checks? Like, really? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've lost my whole pension because of that. Well, yeah, well, you lost... In 24th century, there would be more checks and stuff, wouldn't you? Just... <sighs> so, so I saw you lost two what? You, they lost two crew members because of it, like... Yeah. 
Yeah, you would have thought they would have put something in place to kind of try and prevent it from happening again, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was very disappointed with that one. I thought, oh yeah, I'm going to put this one up, and I got into it. It's a bit like, what? The, the, the issue is, it's just not much there. It's don't get me wrong, the whole Picard and Beverly yeah, thing's interesting, but great. But the Kesprit, oh my god, like, what a planet of idiots. That, it just, I don't know, there just wasn't as dead, much there to sink your teeth into. I was just, it, it was, I, I liked it, it was okay, but I, I, I must admit, I did get bored. I did get bored. And, oh so, god, let's talk about confused. Force of nature. I, I'm assuming we've, we're done with attached, because... Yeah, yeah. Force of freaking nature. Oh, good. Let's talk <laughs> about confusing messages or what? I, you know, this was an interesting one because I didn't really enjoy it that much, but it was an interesting episode. There's tons of notes it, for but... it, but my God, it doesn't know what it's saying. Um, <laughs> while investigating the disappearance of several starships, Card is advised that what drives threatening stability of surrounding space for a civilization and must consider the fact that future walk travel may not be possible, although they will still do it anyhow. Yeah, it's, that's one of the things I was just like... Yeah, we've oh, acknowledged... It's, global this is warming! Star Trek doing global warming! It's like they've acknowledged it's an issue and they're going to slow it down, but it's like, well, yeah, but you're still... That's gonna... not the worst of it, is it, Jeremy, as I told you on the phone? Oh, my yeah. God, like, how can you... Oh. I'll let you I'll let oh. you find that out because you're the one that There's came up with it. Go on. Two big issues with that, but we'll get on to that later because it has driven me up the wall for years. <laughs> we can now finally oh. talk about it openly with everyone who's listening, so... You can get it off your chest. A Karen Science Festival is redressed the Telerian warship first seen in Sun Humor, because why not? An episode all about global warming, although the meshes aren't a bit confusing. Keep using fossil fuels, just slow down. Because, yeah! <laughs> the USS Fleming is most likely named after high bloopers, I no doubt. The USS Fleming is most likely named after Alexander Fleming, who invented penicillin. And it's possibly a Miranda-class starship, based on what you're told, I, I think. No, no evidence about it, but that's my guess, because that's what every other ship's been. When they say it's a supply ship. Go back and... Didn't, didn't, didn't you, wasn't there also saying that you... Uh, and again, if I'm wrong, then I, then I apologise. Didn't you also say something about how the how the Iconian ship, when the sister, uh, you know... I'll, I'll get on that. I'll, I'll, huh? All oh, right. I'll get on to what cause and what not later, because, oh, that's a good debate. Uh, I'll go on to that later. The Karen Corridor is similar to the Castle Run in the Star Wars franchise. Uh, it's a rare opportunity to see the delivering chamber up close. Now, this is an interesting one that I don't think Jamie will have spotted. Because it's a little bit subtle. Go on. Do you remember the chatter about the USS Intrepid? Oh, we're trying to get the warp... Com is it the conversion rates up yeah. or something, isn't it? Do you know rivalry? what that's a reference to? That's very, no. very subtle reference to. I'll read out what I've put to it, and you'll go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. The USS Intrepid is an Intrepid-class starship. Uh, the first one built, as it happens. Uh, same type as Voyager. Yeah. It kind of sets up Voyager in a way, kind of. Here's the new class of starship. Oh, fancy. yeah, yeah. No, I can see that. Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. I 
again and again it's a it's subtle but again it's 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 season seven you have to do a little bit well. of work digging to, yeah yeah but again it's it's it's, ref, it's again it's going back to what we said at the start the referencing in this system is bloody great and this is another example of that yeah. and this is a fact that i told jame on the phone and he loved it regarding the weak link between the a and b plots narendan Narin Shakar commented the slightest dramatic connection between them is a notion that you can't control a force of nature um, nature like a cat the whole crap with Data's cat because you do sit there going what huh yeah I, it's, it's thematically linked but no offence to the guy but that is a bit of a stretch it is but it's nice that they there is a vague Link, bit of reasoning yeah. Can I yeah. really get onto the nugget of why I have so many problems with this damn episode? Go <laughs> on, go on. Oh, goody. Like, <laughs> so she's going around proving a point. You know what we'll do? I'll speed it up. What? Um, no. Like, I'm just going to blow up the thing, create the thing that I'm trying to stop. Okay, right. 100% bonkers. That's what I've never got. Yes. If one more ship goes down here... It's going to happen. What's she going to do? She blows herself up creating the thing that she's trying to stop. True, but I think it was to prove a point of... Because they didn't believe... Yeah, but it's a bit like Greenpeace going, you know what? Mm. There's too much all around on the planet. You know what we're going to do? We're going to sink an oil tanker. To make any sense. And then the other point I had with it, building on the point that... Because it's Star Trek and they never want to go that far... Surely the USS Fleming's warp core would also have. Um, where did I put? Surely the USS Fleming's warp core is also going to explode eventually, making the space vortex worse. Because she blew up a shuttle. Um, th- that ship probably is a giant starship that would be like ten times worse than that thing. But we won't. We won't go into that. We'll just worry about the first problem. But. That has driven me crazy for years because it gives such... I love the idea of about global warming. It's such a great thing to do it on. But just going, oh, no, we'll slow down. Don't worry about yeah, it. And then it having is. her blow up a ship. It's a bit like, what? What are you trying to tell us? It's, it's an interesting idea, but it just wasn't executed. Oh, it's driven right. me mad for years. It really has. And I, I don't think I really said it, Jamie, but it's always been something I've been bothered about ever since I saw it. And he's just sitting there going, you bloody idiots. Like, seriously? Like, it's a good topic. And it's like and one, it's very, one and... step forward, two steps back in my head. Yeah, and, and, the, and the other frustrating thing is, if you think in particular, at the moment... Um, yeah, and we're in years. we're in the same boat as we are when this episode was produced. We're in the yeah. same boat, just, what, 30 years down the line. Again, it's Star Trek still being very relevant, it's, but again, oh, it's... Oh, I just... It jars me up the bloody wall. It really does. I just don't get it. Oh, well, one more ship could do it. And another thing I don't get with it, she uh, sure she does it because it's um, theatrical, you know. Oh, she dies doing it. Surely you set the ship on automatic, or you pilot it from an Enterprise bridge, and she can still teach people about it rather than have it from the brother that's learnt it and has got it written down on a post-it note. 
So, uh, you really like this episode side, don't you? <laughs> I don't mind it. I just get annoyed with the confused message. That's what's yeah, so love... frustrating with it. It is, and it is a shame. It really is a shame, because again, and, it, and it's something that Star Trek, I think, has kind of global one. I think it's been explored before in Next Gen, but it's not been for a while. So, it, it's a shame. Um, what I will say for me, what I liked was, um, I like the opening sequence about Jordan telling Data he needs to train Spot. Rex Havoc and George Quarters. Ah, oh, the ongoing saga of Spot. Yeah. Um, some interesting ideas about global warming, which again I kind of explored well, but you do have that contradict contradictions. Um, and the good performances from the cast, especially um Burn. Um and again what what you you've kind of said what I didn't like about the episode. Um, did you say everything you wanted to say about Force of Nature in terms of the trivia and that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. done. You'd be glad to. <laughs> uh, what did you get for the messages? <laughs> I've actually got quite a lot, but it, it is incredible. It's such a big contradiction because if it were any other episode, it would have gone up. I'm not sure if you feel the same. There's so much in it. Mm. But it's that, such a big contradiction that I didn't put it up. Um, you always have a choice. If you need support dealing with something, ask for it. And those are the many outweigh the needs of few. But few are the one. If there's something wrong, take action. Bloody stick. what she does. <laughs> Bloody stick in the mortar. Everyone deals with lost in different ways. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. A problem shared is a problem halved. Cherish the time you have friends and family. You never know what would be gone. Don't cut corners. Stupid woman. I just, I was, I was laughing when he said, "If you so wrong, take action." Just the irony that she actually does take action. But every decision we make has consequences. Don't walk blindly into an obvious trap. Like I love the way the Enterprise goes strumbling into it after they heard what happened to Rengi, and it's like, "Oh, oops, we didn't see that coming." Yeah, you got signposts like ten minutes ago. You think you think what the sister did was very sensible, then, yeah? Um, you have to be ingenious, and that's everything I got. Um, so I've got, there's nothing wrong with a little friendly rivalry, competition can be a good thing, so this is referring to that power conversion thing with, um, uh, Geordie and engineer Donald Kaplan, I actually wrote down his name. Of um, the intrepid. Yeah, uh, sometimes desperate measures are needed to get action taken, so when the brother Sarova and sister Rabal were deliberately disabling the ships to get the Starfleet to listen yeah, to their that's case. That's fine, but blowing up your own ship is a little... If for her, obviously, it was... It's a bit like, it's a it's yeah. standard thing of, you know, oh, to cure the patient, you know, you, uh, to cure the infection, you kill the patient. It's that whole thing. I, that's what I don't get with it. Is it kind of along the similar lines of um, that doctor in ethics? You know, the unethical one? Kind of, similar... yeah. It's that yeah. whole just like, oh, well, I'm just going to speed this up to prove my point. It's a bit like... Um, the notion of warp drive being dangerous is interesting. So again, akin to global warming. Uh, change is never easy when you rely on something for so long and thought it was safe as warp drive. So when Survivor tells Geordie space travel will never be the same again, that things need to change. Uh, so and you can't change nature. So the whole warp drive emissions causing ruptures in space will continue, and not all cats can be trained. Uh, and that's it, really. I, again, it, it's not—it's it's weird. It's not an episode I really enjoyed, but it is an interesting one. Um, so I don't mind it. It's, it's interesting, but I think the contradiction of messages just kind of lets it down, really. Yeah. 
Next one. That's, uh, something oh, I'm sorry. putting up. Oh, you are. Yes. Oh, nice. Same here. I wasn't sure. I thought. I thought. I, I know you like this one, but I wasn't sure if you put it up or not. That's that's a nice surprise. Um, yeah, same here. Inheritance. Um, on a mission to save an endangered planet, the Enterprise is visited by Dr. Juliana Tainer. The first chance that she has to speak to Data privately, Tainer reveals it to be the ex-wife of Dr. Soong and co-designer of Data and Law. Yeah, um, fantastic episode. Um, and obviously, um, the actress who plays her, she also played Ambassador, Ambassador Villar in Fallen Hero in Enterprise in season one. Yeah, I didn't put that because I knew Jane would say it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, this episode it just it builds on Data's backstory uh, even more, and I, it's just a fantastic episode. Um, I think you know um, the bond between her and Data is really well done. I've always liked this one, and again, it focuses on Data, and I said he's one of my favourite characters, so it was always going to be, um, it was always going to work for me. Um, I thought it was great to focus more on Data's backstory. Um, so obviously it gives him more, more his character more depth. Um, and I, I thought um, that it was interesting that there were other androids before him and Nor. That was her choice to leave Data and Omicron Vader. I thought it was a funny scene where Data and his mum stop outside Councillor Troy's quarters and she thinks it's because they're romantically involved. She mentions the sexuality programme that was designed for Data and that her father was worried it wouldn't work. Again, I said excellent performance from guest staff uh, Finula Flanagan, who played Juliana. Um, the relationship of bonding between her and Data, mother and son, is done really well. I like the reference, again, them referencing things from the past. I like the reference to Lau, Data's daughter and the offspring, so in effect, Juliana was her grandmother. Um, and I thought it was an excellent twist that Juliana was really an android created by Sung, Arthur Data, as his real human mother who helped create and died um, after sustaining injuries during the crystalline entity attack um so yeah and obviously the free aims but uh, we'll, we'll go over that in a minute so what about you what did you like in, about this episode interesting yes to hear about the rebellious young data's childhood yeah uh, references back to brothers and offspring as jane was saying uh dr sung was very forward thinking using a hologram to answer questions which i don't think was commonplace at the time there are some common, uh, there are some deleted scenes where Doctor Sung programmed data to have hiccups. Oh, really? <laughs> Missing counselling scene with Troy looking back at offspring. Juliana tells Data about the power of guilt eating away at her, and there's recital congratulations. Several members of the production team were referenced in the passenger manifests of the commercial transport database. And several costumes were sold at the it's a rap sale and auction on eBay, but I haven't gone into too I haven't gone into uh, detail with that because there's so many. I don't don't think. I think one thing I find interesting, and I, I think I know why, but I find it interesting that Data never talks about law in terms of past events. But maybe it's because it, maybe it would upset her knowing how law turned out. So I just thought that was interesting. That was. I don't know about you. That could just be down to writing, not knowing where it would end up in the schedule. Huh? Like, how close it would be to Descent. Oh, gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah. I just, I just, you know, because Delphi Data's had a few encounters with Law, so 
I just, I just, I was just curious as I thought as I was watching. I thought oh, they talk about law. She does talk about law, but Data never mentions anything afterwards in terms of you know their encounters. But, but again, maybe it's I think again, I think it's all implied, Jamie. I think it's such to say that maybe you didn't pick up on as much because it both sounded to me as though they both they both experienced bad experiences with him, which is why he got um um packed away. And they didn't really want to talk about it. I, no, that I, makes I think sense. I think that's what was going on with it. It was a bit like, tell me about it. This it's this not, happened when, like, yeah, it, it's not a criticism or anything. Oh no, I'm, I'm just saying, Jerry. But yeah, mm. it's such an, again, it's such a lovely episode. And it's just like lovely for Data to have another family member. Hmm. It, it just the episode just works. It just it's just a, it's just a lovely episode. Again, one of one I've always enjoyed. Um, so messages. Sorry, was there anything else you wanted to say? No. Um, so the messages I got from this one again continues on the theme of the season, focusing on family. So data finding his mother. So finding long lost family can add a lot to one's life and make you find out more about them and yourself. Being human is sometimes learning to deal with the unexpected, as Jordan says to data about finding out his mother, a woman he never knew existed. We all make choices that try to do the right thing, but we can regret. So when when Juliana tells Data she left him behind and Omicron fades her because she was afraid he would turn out like law and she didn't want to dismantle him. Um, the, new, the notion that human and artificial life is just as sacred as each other and equal. So when Juliana tells Data she loved the androids that, that were built like they're her own children, um... But Juliana's husband thinks otherwise. So his comments are right about checking his calculations because he's a machine. But I know you said in the scene down on the planet, he kind of does kind of apologise to him, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, family is complicated. As Data says, he finds it difficult to separate what is best for him and his mother and whether to tell her if she's really an android or not. And people who parents who love each other will have, will have children who will grow up to be good if taught well, as she says to Data. That's all I got. What about you? You always have a choice. You have to be willing to forgive and forget. Things aren't always what they appear. Things don't turn out quite how you imagine. Blood is thicker than water. Everyone makes mistakes. There's always another side of the story. Life's unpredictable. It's how we deal with it. It's 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 that's the that's the key. Honestly, it's the best policy. Truth will come come to light. Every decision we make has consequences. That's everything. Yeah, just I said overall, just an episode that just works really nicely. And I said it, I'm, it's nice that you've put it up as well, mate. Because I, I know you've always liked it, but I wasn't sure if you'd put it up or not. So it's quite, it's quite lovely that you have. Um, next one. Parallels. Wolf, wolf, walks straight, uh, walks right into a surprise party, but notices that he, something is amiss when events begin contradicting themselves. When his environment changes, Troy suddenly believes she's Wolf's wife. And Geordie's killed in engineering during a Cardassian assault. Um, this one's an odd one again. Yeah, I, I, again, not a bad episode. Don't mind it. Um, kind of feels like cause and effect in funeral. How we felt about that one. Oh boy. Yeah. Although I, I think cause and effect is uh, more taxing, but yeah. <laughs> um, set up for Wolf and Jana, Jana romance later on in the season. Which for us never really worked, but you know they haven't been to the Argus Array since nth degree. Again, again, another good again reference in the past again. 
Yeah. I love the shot of the unconstructed galaxy class starship um, being built on Mars. References back to ethics. Uh, similar to cause and effect, as I said before. Uh, when's it? So, what's the reference to ethics? Uh, right at the beginning, you know the line where you, um, oh, she's your stepmum. That whole line. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Nice to see Wesley Crusher return of sorts. Yeah. Uh, well, the quantum realities. Also like the shot of the multiple enterprises. It's incredible how they're able to redress Enterprise Bridge soft and that it looks different each time. Star Trek does the multiverse kind of like Rick and Morty. There's a deleted scene where they they extend the observation lounge scene to, um, talking about the multiverse theory. Uh, takes place same star date as Star Trek Deep Space Nine episode Sanctuary. That's uh, old, really. Oh. I didn't mind uh, finding the FRMs. Uh, so what I liked about the episode, um, love the look at Wolf's face when he there is a surprise party on his birthday and he hates them. Um, the notion of family is Wolf asks Deanna to look after Alexandra again from ethics and formalising that arrangement so she becomes a surrogate mother to Alexander. Uh, the time travel aspect of different quantum realities is interesting and I actually found it easy to understand. Um, interesting seeing how different things can be based on the choices we make. And again, love the redesign of the Enterprise Bridge, one of the quantum realities. What did you... Uh, and again, uh, the only thing I didn't like, I said, again, the, the whole Deanna and Wolf relationship would just never make sense. Th that's me. only set up because of all good things, but I'll go on to that yeah. later. But it, I, it, it doesn't make much sense, but you have to have that in all good things, otherwise it doesn't kind of... Work. Yeah. There's that old bit where it's like Geordie's died and then they changed that tower that blankety thing and it's just a bit weird mm. it just covers his modesty and it's a bit like why like <laughs> yeah sure let's change the reality but why do it that way you have to ask you have to ask the writers <laughs> um, what did you get for the episode messages wise you always have a choice you only live once YOLO which I haven't done in a long while things can change in an going. instant do what you think is right, and every decision we make has consequences. I th that was it. Um, I've got just two things. <laughs> the notion of events and circumstances can change from one's perception. So when Wolf goes from one quantum universe to another, so the idea of memory loss is that it's, it's the first explanation given to Wolf's dizziness. Um, and choices are important in determining our path. So in quantum theory, all choices that can be made from one moment play out in different realities. That's it. So I've got. I think, um, again, it's the same problem that cause and effect has. There's very little you can do with it or say with it because you're dealing with effectively one scene. Yeah. In in a way. I know it does move the plot on along, but the same thing happens with cause and effect. You were just dealing with the same section of time. Hmm. And there's not much you can really add to it that can add depth to it. I, I think. Yeah, agree. Again, it's it's not a bad episode, but again, it just doesn't really stand out. Um, next one. Yeah, our penultimate episode for this part, um, the Pegasus one. I'm definitely putting up. And me as well. <laughs> the Enterprise is ordered to head for an asteroid belt in an area between Romulan and Federation space with Admiral Pressman aboard. Picard soon realizes that Pressman is up something and is horrified to learn that Commander Riker is involved. Just a, uh, a classic episode. Yeah. Um, well, again, we've we've said we've done an episode on this, didn't we? 
well, again, again recently, didn't we, with uh, Rick? Yeah. So, is it, should the Federation, should the Federation have signed the Treaty of Algeron, should they have Federation, uh, cloaking technology? Well, yeah, it's our so, seventh, seventh year anniversary episode. Yeah, so, go and have a listen to that. <laughs> Might as well plug it. I'd like to have seen the USS Pegasus concept, so it was an Ambassador-class uh, kit bash. In the episode over the Oberth starship, it became... Go and look that image up on uh, Memory Alpha, because I would love to have seen it. Sorry, quick, 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 sorry, quick thing. Did uh, Eagle Moss do a model of the Pegasus? No. Well, they, didn't. They've, they have done an extra large version of it, but it's... Ah. it's pre- if you, Again, Eagle Moss, it's pretty much... It's a giant version of the smaller one, and I think the smaller one's like the grosser. So all that is is like take off the decal that says Grossum and just put Pegasus on it. Fair enough. So Sorry, they, they they have they are just releasing a giant one, but not strictly of the Pegasus. But it, they have done one. They have done an Oberth class, but I don't think it is Pegasus. I think it is the Grossum. Oh, fair enough. I just I just came to my mind as as you. But I think if you go it. to Bob Matt, you could get a. Grusome and then modify it to be the Pegasus if you so desire it. That was, yeah, that was a lot of waffle fur. Yes, they are doing it. Um, <laughs> this, this is the episode that the TNG scenes are based on during the Star Trek Enterprise finale. These are the voyages, but you all knew that. Uh, uh, yeah. um, the Captain Picard Day scene establishes. Oh. Is the Captain Card Day establishing scene being a role model set up so that by the end of the episode they've done the right thing? That's what I think a quite a nice thing in there. You can tell Riker's tired of telling the same cover story because it's that Starfleet's Roswell incident. You can just say the boredness in his voice of, oh yes, this thing happened. It's, um, I recently rewatched Men in Black International and there's. I don't want to. I don't think Jamie's seen it yet. I haven't. No. But there's a s- similar thing that happens in that. It's. Yeah, I can't say too much because because Jamie's not seen it. I'm, I'm assuming some of you out there haven't either. But there's a similar situation that and you kind of. I get the same vibe from it where it's a bit like, oh yes, th- there was a mutiny. There was a phaser fight. It's all a bit kind of doesn't didn't ring true, and you can hear it in. The fantastic acting of Jonathan Frakes. Um, you can see the different command styles between Admiral Pressman and Captain Card. Uh, and sorry, 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 could you repeat that? You broke up there. Uh, it's my thing I said to you on the phone. You can see the different command styles between Admiral Pressman and Captain Picard. Oh, yeah. And a story inspired by the Raise the Titanic film, book, something. That's all I've got. Um, so for me, I said I love the opening section of Captain Picard Day. It's humorous, and as you say, it sets up one of the themes nicely of role models and how we look up to them. Nice moon of the kids looking up to Captain Picard, as Riker did when he was an ensign to Captain Pressman. Obviously, when Pressman was captain at that time. Um, some good free M's that overlap nicely and give lots of depth to the episode. Uh, excellent performances, especially from Frakes as Riker and Terry O'Quinn as Pressman. Gives Riker some character development about his past as we realise he's not the model officer we always thought. It makes him in- more, more interesting and complex. I love the scene in the observation lounge when Pressman is briefing Picard, the Forge, and Riker on the mission to find the Pegasus. So, as you 
pointed out that the subtle body language from Riker suggests there's more going on. It's not a good thing. I love I love the interplay between Picard and the Romulan captain. I just think those scenes are just brilliant. I just thought they were brilliant. Um, the setup of the mystery of what is going on is, is set up well. And as a bit of trivia, Riker got the beard to stop himself from looking young, as he was called Ensign Babyface. I think, if I remember rightly, I haven't got them noted down, but I think, because I, I thought this was like the, the moment, but I think they use the same asteroid belt as they do in Galaxy's Child, I think. And Yeah, I think that makes sense. The Romulan commander is, if I remember rightly from what I read online, is the first black Romulan we meet, I think as well, something like that. Oh, that's pretty cool. I think, but again, look it up online, but I think that's what I read somewhere. I, I just, I know it's only a couple of scenes, but I just love that interplay between him and Picard, that Picard, just that kind of veiled concern, it's just like that sarcastic kind of, like, conversation between them, and like, it implies a lot, it's like, yeah, we're saying this, but we're really meaning this, it's just really well done. Um, so... The messages I got for this episode, I got about eight different things. Uh, so, role models are important for children and growing up as they look up to them. So, as Deanna says to Picard when he asks why they have to do Captain Picard Day every year, I said about the mirrors, the, the pressman and Riker thing. Um, the notion of loyalty and duty and how it can shape a person. So, Riker looks up to, look, looks up to Captain Picard as loyal to him, but also to pressman. Um, so, it fits into that kind of theme of role models. Sometimes role models and people we look we look up to let us down, as Pressman does with Riker when ordering him to break Federation law and go against his principles. Treaties and diplomacy are the road to peace. So the Federation signed the Treaty of Algeron with the Romulans. It helps save a lot of lives and keeps the two sides in peace for over half a century. Mistakes from the past can come back to haunt us and we can regret it. So Riker signed in with Pressman 12 years ago on the Pegasus we want some of the crew mutant because of cloaking technology. It's, um, it's never too late to do the right thing. So, obviously, Riker telling Picard the truth after all that time. And, of course, the one we've always gone to. Don't trust admirals. Some are corrupt. So, as we find out, Admiral Pressman is, and also Admiral Rayner, the Chief of Starfleet Intelligence. And there are always consequences to the choices we make. So, as Riker says to Picard at the end, that's what I've got. What about you? Uh, you always have a choice. Treat people how you'd like to be treated. Ignorance is bliss in terms of young Ensign Riker. Sometimes you have to give someone you care about some tough love. If there's something wrong, take action. Things aren't always what they appear. New technology is fraught with problems. Things don't turn out quite how you imagine. A leopard never changes its spots, Admiral Pressman. You can't remain loyal to a fault. Growth is a natural part of life. Honesty is the best policy. Every decision we make has consequences. Don't let pay people and don't break the law or treaty. Yeah, just a fantastic episode. So just, you know, it just works on every level. And, you know, just, yeah. It's just classic, classic next gen, really, isn't it? Yes. Um, should we move on to the next one? The final episode of this half. Yep, Homeward. Um, <laughs> Nikolai... Nikolai Rizenko, Wolf's foster brother, who we never heard of and never will meet again, um, has sent a distress call from the, his hidden post on Boral 2. Nikolai soon commits a gross breach of the Prime Directive by transporting some Boralans into a holodeck simulation of the shelter on their world. This is an episode where 
there is literally no referencing. You get Wolf's parents who turn up twice before, and there's never any mention of Wolf's foster brother. Yeah, because like, he hadn't been written yet. True. It hadn't been but, created. I know that's true, but you had Geordie's parents being referenced, and but that's Dan. far easier to do because Geordie's always had parents. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just yeah. Um, this is Star Trek, Jamie. I know, Simon. I just thought retcons. I know. Um, so, you, uh, so things I like about the episode uh, gives Wolf some character development. Find that his Buster brother and the relationship between them as they're growing up. Nice exploration of the prime directive and family, which is done in depth. Um, uh, and for trivia, obviously Penny Johnson, who plays Cisco's wife Cassidy in DS9, stars as Nikolai's Baranum wife. Um, the things I didn't like, again, I've mentioned about Wolf's foster brother's random appearance. I personally found the Baranans an uninteresting species and bland. I mean, they're clearly modelled off the Bajorans. Um, and <laughs> this is... <laughs> Don't this steal like... my only point. I've got nothing for this episode, Jeremy. Right. Don't steal my only thing that's left now. So this is a point that someone brought up, and I'm now going to mention it. That's my only thing left, Jamie, for Pete's sake. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. There's something else which someone brought up, which is a very good point, but I'll let him explain. I'm not Go joking. On. I've got three points. You said one of them. The other thing's non-void because it's the whole season. So that's the only thing I've got left for God damn it. Oh, sorry. Okay, gone. <laughs> That's over, Jamie, trying to steal my thunder. Go on, go and say it. Go on. Oh no, no, no! Sorry, you go for it. You brought up that point. You go for it. So you they're in the it. holodeck, and on previous occasions, going back to ship in a bottle, it's easy proven. You can tell the the computer to close doors, lock doors, whatever. Why didn't they do it on this occasion? Because they lose that guy. Um, Vorin, wasn't it? Like, like, oh, what's this? Like, even if they'd locked the damn doors, he would have gone, what's this? Like, it would have gone, it wouldn't have opened. He would have wandered back through and gone, oh, what's that? And they could have passed it off as kind of, oh, it's something a bit weird, don't worry, keep walking. But no, well, they, they, they left it unlocked. They kept it unlocked. He wandered out and... Ugh. Don't get it. Yeah, well, the other thing as well, I mean, again, yes, I know, you need him to do it in order for him to get out, but it's like, well, why, you know, they Wolf Wolf and his brother know the holodeck is faulty, then why didn't Wolf just go and collect that um, that thing that Vorin left behind? Why not just do it himself? I and think his thoughts were, oh, well, they're probably the image is okay back there, as you probably, as you would imagine. He won't see anything, and unfortunately, he didn't realise that it was a bit faulty. And that happened. It's, I just, yeah, it's just one of those things where you just go, oh, for God's sake, like, that, like just a little bit of more thought. And that, again, it's the pole, you don't have a plot then. You don't have a B plot. Otherwise, this episode probably would have run short. And with it being a boss show, where else do you find extra, another plot from? What, another spot? B story? What, what, like... So they came up with that instead, which is... Sure, okay. It's just... I don't know, it's a simple logic that the characters should have followed that would have been in any other million episodes, but just not in this one, because, God, we need a full guy. Yeah. I don't know, you just lock the door, 
a new program that they need to respond to wolf and thingy thing again this is an episode i've never been yeah. particularly fond same of. here it's, it's okay but um messages i've got um, I can't it's just i don't know it's just a very it kind of feels in the same place as attached in some way it's just kind of yeah. it's just there it, inoffensive I, I don't mind the Borealans as much as you do. I think they're okay. I think you get enough information on them to kind of glean okay. something. I, just, I don't know. Just, I'll just find them just a bit. I thick. think they use the same chronicles as they do in Who Watches the Watchers as well. I think I might have said that to you before. Mm, yeah. I think. Um, go on with three M's, Jamie. Uh, the notion about holding the Prime Directive and why it's so important not to break it. So obviously, you know, the consequences that come with it. So when one of the Borellans born fires a truth, he ends up committing suicide, which is just just very sad, really. The Prime Directive is complex, open to interpretation. As Beverly says, aren't they interfering either way? Because not interfering is condemning the Borellans to death. Again, it continues the theme of family. So Wolf's foster brother, Nikolai. So Wolf reluctantly helps as there's conflict throughout the episode, but at the end they're able to reconcile. And you'd do anything for family, as Nikolai is willing to break the Prime Directive and end his career to save the Baralins, especially his wife, uh, Dabara, and their unborn child. That, that's all I've got. You always have a choice. If you need support, ask for it. If there's something wrong, take action. Things aren't always what they appear. Things don't turn out quite how you imagine. Blood is thick in the water. Don't keep secrets. Always have a backup plan. Sometimes you have to do things that you don't want to do. Every decision we make has consequences. Don't give up so easily a solution to every problem. You have to be ingenuitive. Don't manipulate people, forcing them into a situation. And over overstretch yourself or break the law. That, that, that yeah, that, that, yeah. That's it. Uh, yeah, so, I think, I think that's it. I, I, I think we've flown through this first part, haven't we? Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, so yeah, guys, that ends um, our season, uh, sorry, season seven, part one uh, episode. Um, so we've put up three so far, haven't we? All the same ones. Uh, yeah, believe so. Dark page, inheritance, and Pegasus. Yeah. So um, we hope you guys enjoy it, and um, stay tuned for part two. Bye. Bye.